So this is a, I've been on the preaching team for years here at the Gospel Tab. And this is one of the rare times, most of the time we're assigned the scripture. So this is one of the rare times where they asked me to preach, but they didn't have a scripture assigned. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have personally been going through the book of Psalms. And so we're going we're gonna to camp out in uh, one of the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. And this, this uh, psalm is not written by David. This psalm is written by Moses. He wrote a couple psalms. A lot of people don't know that. They think David wrote it all, but Moses wrote it. And it's interesting, the title, um, if you look in your Bible about the Psalm 90, the, it's titled this way, uh, Psalm 90, A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. Wow. I like that title. Moses, the Man of God. And, you know, I think... I think God wants to put that title on each one of us here. Mm-hmm. A prayer of Samara, the woman of God. Mm-hmm. A prayer of John, the man of God. God has called us to be his. To be connected. The children here. The child of God. Anyway. This is Psalm 90, 10 through 17. And I'm going to go a little quicker because we've been here a long time. It's been good, though. (laughs) Psalm 90. And I'm going to read verses 10 through 17 if you want to turn there. And if you want to title this this sermon, it's Teach Us to Number Our Days. Okay. Um, The years are light of... I can speak. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Let me read that again. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad in all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you afflicted us. For as many years we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. Amen. I, as I was looking and digging into this, I do want to get a summary from, uh, of a quote before I, I get into looking at the, the thing. Uh, and uh, Lee, Lee uh, Joy Taylor from Regent um, University wrote this. Uh, What is Psalms 90 talking about? In summary, our meaning in life comes not through what we do, but through the one for whom and through whom we do it. Apart from God, we fall under his wrath. 
and for our few days are passed in futility, soon forgotten. However, through his mercy, our lives have been redeemed from the curse of sin. Amen. 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 Well, that's our start. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. Lord God, I thank you that each one of us here, and it's not by accident, God, speak to us. And Lord God, help me to shepherd my words in such a way that lead to life. Amen. 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 I want to just look at a couple of these verses here. Um, Verse 10, it says basically this, life is short. It says we have 70 or 80 years. And I guess this really hit me because I was reading this right when I turned 60. (laughs) According to this, I only got 10 years left. So life is short. And life is full of junk. It's hard work. It's a mess. And, and we're going to come up against the mess on a regular basis. And verse 10 is great. It's the source of the best hillbilly gospel song ever. It really is. When, when I was a first a Christian, the only way we got Christian music is go by the Christian bookstore and I was so poor, I would always go to the, the discount bin and buy things. I could get for, for a dollar, I'd get three cassette tapes. One of them, I like all kinds of genres, one of them was Bluegrass Gospel. And it had this song on it, it was simply this. There's a, see if you might, I'm dating myself. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial floor, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, I'll fly away. Then it goes on, one of the verses said, Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joy will never end. I mean, fly away. Yes, so, so, so that's verse 10. It has all this stuff. And verse 12 is actually where I'm going to be camping out. Verse 12 says this. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So here, I really hate having this thing in my hand. So here, in this scripture, we just heard of verse 10 that life is so quick. That life is so brief. That life is just a moment. I need two young people to come and help me. Who would like to help me? <laughs> well, I was there in two of the children. But oh, I didn't know Ella, that. Ella, come here. Come help Ella. And who's going to have it? Is it Katie? Yeah. All right. All right. So, here we got a rope. Rope. And I want you to take an end and go stand as far and stretch this rope. Stretch it, stretch it. Okay, don't tug the words, but stretch it. Okay. So imagine when I think of life, I imagine if if I had the you know the Marvel superhero power and I would tie this rope and I had an endless supply of rope and I would shoot an arrow all across the horizon and it would shoot over that way as far as yeah. <laughs> I think that's, is that east or west? That's west. That's east. 
Okay, so it's stretched out. And this is eternity. This is eternity. It's stretched out. And you know what? Our lifespan is like a little mark. It's too wide. That's it. Our, all eternity, we have this little, little mark that we can't even see. That is our lifespan. And the Lord is saying, teach yourself to number your days. Listen, isn't it? We have this huge eternity, this huge span of time. And guess what? God chose to visit us today. You know, God of all of this chose to come down and touch us today that we felt the good feeling of his presence in this room. And so what I want to talk about today is how we spend that one little moment. Because a lot of things happen. It's a big eternity. There's a lot. I mean, if you ever see timelines, I like timelines. You know, some timelines, you know, they don't even mention big things in history because they big things in history. The fact that, that Trump was in office, that doesn't even mark on most timelines. So we have eternity, and we have our space and time, but God wants us to number them. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you. God wants us to number them. So my challenge today is to talking about how we spend our time. We need to spend our time according to God's lead. And then listen to this. This is the way the scripture says. It says, teach us to number them. God wants to teach us how to number them, but who numbers them? We do. This is an active thing. We number, this is an active moment. See, God... And our walk with God is full of actions. Life is short, but God wants to lead us, lead us into how to spend our time. And how our, we spend our time is important. It's important to God. If it wasn't important to God, He wouldn't have visited us here today. He wouldn't have spent that moment where he comforted people's hearts today. I felt a joy in this room. I felt just a, a, a solid in this room because he's visiting. He's, he's concerned about our little dash in eternity, our little moment in eternity. And we need his leadership. We need to do the work, but God teaches us the work. It is a faith walk, not a faith ride. It's not like Kenny Woods, we get on the roller coaster and just go. We need to be active. We need to be active these things. All through scripture, all through the scripture, the Bible calls us to action. Listen, I'm gonna just not read these verses, but I'm gonna read portions of them and then give you the scripture. This is we're called to action. What? Take up your cross. That's Matthew 16, 24. 
Uh, I think Joel mentioned this last week. Stir up the gift. These are things we do. We take up our cross. Well, if you in the Matthew one, it says, take up your cross and deny yourself. You know, deny yourself, take up, you know, that's a double one. So stir up the gift. Then in, in 2 Peter, 2 Peter uh, is an awesome book. If you read the first chapter, um, it's, it's great. It says, make every effort to add to your faith. And then it goes on this list of things, like the fruit of the Spirit. But add on your faith, um, uh, self-control, and da 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 So, yeah, but you can read that. And the cool thing about that in, in 2 Peter, as it goes on, it says, if you add all those things, you'll never fall. Uh, read 2 Peter. That's another sermon. Okay, then uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says this. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. This is action. All through the scripture, it's action. This action is not our salvation. We are saved by Jesus. But when we start activating the mission of God in our life, it takes us to a different level. Uh, missionary Ruth Paxson called, she wrote a book called Life on a Higher Plane. And this idea is as Christians, we're saved, but call, God calls us to a higher plane of walk with Him. And that not all Christians can get, will get to that higher plane because they don't take the work. They don't take the steps. They don't take the action. They're just... You know, an old preacher said, they just get into heaven by the skin of their teeth. Now, I don't have skin on my teeth. But I guess in the old preachers, they did. I guess in the old days. So, so but we need to, to see the Lord establish the work of our hands. We need to have that, that touch of eternity. We need to know that God is with us. And when we take these extra steps, okay, it seals our relationship with Him. And one thing that attracted, when we we came to Aliquippa, we came and, and, and we started looking for churches. One thing that attracted us to the Gospel Tab is this idea of on mission. That we're a family on mission. That there's activity. And, and today, this is the first Sunday that, that Joel is no longer our lead pastor. But the mission is still here for each one of us in this room. And it doesn't matter. You should not be here because who the pastor is. You should be here because God has called you and led you and has something for you. And it is not just for the LT and the pastors, and, and, and it is for each one of us to have a mission. And, and some of us might be struggling with what our mission is, and that is fine. That is fine. But God, God will give you a mission, and you just need to keep seeking and just keep pursuing Him, pursuing this mission. You know, all of us have a mission, not just the pastor. And some of us have uh, specific missions. Did I say that right? Uh, I never can. Yeah, I just want to tell you just some things. What's it? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone said it. You were saying I specific. It's, it's like right. the Pacific Ocean with an S. Uh-huh. All right. You know, we have specific mission. My mission is presently, uh, I am called to Aliquippa. Before we moved to Aliquippa, we wrote down our call. And if, if you ever want to read it, just tell me, I can text you or two. I still have copies of it. Okay, we wrote down our call before we even came to Aliquippa because we knew we were called to Aliquippa. Okay, I am called to the Gospel Tab right now. I am called to be a bus driver. I drive the Route 2 four days a week. And I, am, I believe I'm called to do that. I am called um, to Oasis, which is a missional community. And uh, we meet on, on, on three Mondays a month. And, and so when we talk about you know, the missional community that's starting, uh, if you want to know more about Oasis, talk to me or Ms. Teresa or Christine, because we have a missional community that meets right here on Franklin Avenue. So, so I am called to Oasis. I am, I am also called to an informal um, Sunday group, which my daughter Annalisa calls the lunch crew. I feel I'm called to these things. Those, are, those may not be your call, but you have a call too. And, but you know what? There are common, there's a common mission that we're all called to. I might be called to particular things, you may not be, but we're all called to certain things in the scripture. These are some things. The, this is, all Christians have this mission. The first thing we're called to is the great commandments. We're called to the great commandments. Who, this is quiz time. <laughs> Who can tell me what the great commandments are? From memory. No, the great commandments. There's a state. The, 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 the great commandments. What I didn't hear what you said. Breathe. That Yes. Because Jesus, the, the, someone came and asked Jesus, and this is found in in Matthew 22, 35 to 40. You can look it up. This is the great commandments. It's also found in Mark 12, 28, 34, and Luke 10, 27. These are the great commandments. Someone came to Jesus and said, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, guess what? There's two. He says, love God with everything. Love God. This, you know, you can say, well, what's my particular ministry? You might have specific ministry, but we all have this ministry. We all have this mission. We need to love God with everything. Because if we love God with everything, we're not going to break the first four commandments. Then it says, if we love our neighbor as ourselves, we're not going to break the rest of the commandments. Because he goes, all the commandments hang on to these two things. Love God, love others. So if you're here and you say, well, I don't know my specific ministry or my specific mission. Know this. In this whole time of eternity, 
that God wants us to get those great commandments and hold on to them. Read them. Practice them. Love Him above all. You know, my wife and I, we had an interesting dating relationship because we talked to each other and said, when we, we dated, we said, do you love God more than me? Basically. We said, this is a, I don't want to even be with you if you love me more than God. Do you love God most of all? And that's how our relationship started. Then, then we started talking about inner city ministry right away. And, and so we said, hey, this, is, this is what we're about. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. And, 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 and that's something we hung on to, but it's for everybody. This is not just for the pastors. This great commandments are for everyone. And Jesus said, you don't have to worry about the other ten. Just do these two. Okay. The second thing is a common mission for all, that all Christians have is the Great Commission. The Great Commission. This is found in Matthew uh, 28, 16-20. If someone wants to turn there, and I'll have you read in a minute. Matthew, the Great Commission. You know, when I was looking this up, the Great Commission, I found, you ever hear of a guy named Barna? Not Barney, but Barna. <laughs> he does... He does research for churches. And in 2018, he did a research on the Great Commission. And he found out that 51% of people in church don't know what the Great Commission is. Never heard of it. Then he found another 20% heard of it, but don't know what it is. So the majority of the people that come to church haven't heard this idea of the Great Commission, but it is a mission that we all have. So, who could tell me what the Great Commission is? You want to read it? Oh, not just the You can read it. Oh, wait, I got to Oh, no, you can tell me, too. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. That's Go make disciples, teach them. And in March, Great mission is this, preach the gospel to everybody. So, so whatever you're doing in this brief time that you have, you need to be on mission. You need to be on personal mission, but you also need to be on mission that God's given everybody. Do we preach the gospel? Do we do these things? So read it. So teach us the number of our days that we get a heart of wisdom. Uh, I had a, a pastor of a church we attended to. He would always say, he, he would say this, and he would open up his, his wallet. He said, he would go, I'll tell you what you love if you show me your checkbook. If you show me your checkbook, what are you spending your money on? Now, I'll tell you what you love. But you know what? I thought of this, and, and I don't know if that 
that's accurate because some of us are poor. <laughs> okay, we just don't love food. We just need it to live, you know. Because <laughs> his idea is if you're giving things to God, you love God, you know. But I think the more accurate thing is to open up your calendar, to open up your schedule. How much do you spend in the things of God? We should be spending way more than just Sunday morning and Sunday night. Our breath should open up. Jesus, be with me today. Spend me today. You know, and that's why I say I'm called to drive a bus because that's my job. And guess what? I do that job as the Lord is my boss. John Fisher is not my boss, even though he is. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord is my boss. How much time do you spend on mission? We have such a very short time of it, really. We need to spend time on mission. We need to spend time in asking God to teach us what our mission is, to show us what our mission is. That's why I like the Gospel tab we have the greenhouse lab, they do um, calling labs, they do all these things that talk about finding your mission. But we know we have this common mission. We love God, love our neighbors. We preach the gospel. We teach Jesus' words. I would add a fourth thing. I didn't put it down, but we need to, in Psalm 78 says, we need to share the gospel with the next generation. We need to teach our kids the things of God, too. But you know what? We need to spend time on mission. But sometimes God's mission is not really what we think is God's mission. Because sometimes God is working in the simple things that we might not even deem value. When you spend time with people, that's an opportunity to, to, to be in the mission of God. And you might not value giving a, a loaf of bread to someone, but it could make someone's day next someone's year. You might not value just greeting someone, but greeting someone with a smile can make a difference. <coughs> Sometimes God's working in the simple things that we may not value. In his book, Ordering Your Private World, Gordon MacDonald tells this story. In the diary of Brooke Adams, is a note about a special day when he was eight years old. He wrote, went fishing with my father, the most glorious day of my life. Through the next 40 years, there was a constant reference to the day that had influenced his life. Brooks' father was Charles Francis Adams, Abraham Lincoln's ambassador to Great Britain. He also had a note in his diary about the same day. It simply said, went fishing with my son, a day wasted. What the father counted as a wasted day, the son thought was the greatest day of his childhood. So sometimes the simple things that we do in life, we not, might not put value on it, but God puts value on it. Okay, and I'm going to just quickly end because we've had a day. If we blow up our mission, sometimes we blow it with our mission. If we blow up our mission, get up and start again. Get up and start again. Jesus is about forgiveness. And Jesus is about us growing in things. 
There are times when I didn't follow through with my mission. I was going to tell you a couple stories, but I won't. To be clear, my procrastination was disobedience and therefore sin. So sometimes we blow with our mission. And when we blow with our mission, we have to realize that sometimes it is sin. We need to repent of sin. This goes not only with our mission and everything in life. We need to repent of sin. Not make excuses. Don't justify. Repent and get back at it. We need to take that brief moment in eternity and use it for His glory. I forget his name. But there was a gentleman that had a prayer meeting, a small prayer meeting. He would pray and pray for a great harvest. And in that prayer meeting, a young man got saved. And his name was Billy Graham. I forget that man's name who had that prayer meeting that was praying for a great harvest. But Billy Graham preached all over this world saw thousands of souls come to sit to the Lord. We need, we need to be aware that our moments, what we do, might not have a great big splash, but in God's kingdom makes an impact. Your little spot on the timeline, God's concerned about, and he wants to visit you in that time, and he wants to use you in that time. Just quick, as I like doing this, book recommendations. Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDaniel. Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth by Richard Foster. Crazy Love, Overwhelmed by a Relentless God by Francis Chan. You know, for years I've loved to walk through graveyards. I haven't done it since I moved here. But I used to love, I love to walk through graveyards. And I love to read the stones. And some of the old graveyards. Does anyone else walk through graveyards? Oh, we got a couple of hands. Okay. It's creepy. Okay. Some of the stones have all these great scripture verses. Some of the stones have these great scripture verses. It's like, oh, and, and, and husbands and wives, oh, they really loved each other. At least they said on the stones. <laughs> but... You know, and I, I would, I would pray and find, I'd find God walking through the graveyard. But some of the sad things in the graveyard is a stone, instead of a name, it would just be Infant Jones. And just one day, Infant Jones. And, and, and I'm moved by that. And I pray that, 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 that we'll be aware of our time that when someone goes through such pain, that we be there to be God to them. In that little bit of eternity, that little space that's us, that God would use us to visit someone else. Another thing, sometimes the years are long, but they all have about the same side of bash. And after years of praying in, in, in uh, graveyards, I... We went to my uncle's funeral, well, Christine's uncle's funeral, Uncle Hugh. Um, and Uncle Hugh was a principal at 
he ordered his life. He wrote his whole funeral service out. So, so everything that was done, he pre-planned. One thing he planned was his poem called The Dash. Okay? And his poem uh, is all about someone stands up and says, you know, it's the dash in between the days that matters. And the poem ends in saying, if someone's reading your eulogy, what would they say about the dash between the dates? Would they say that you've been used? Would they say, as I started, Moses, man of God? Would they say, John, man of God? Samara, woman of God? So as we close this time, make a difference with your life. And if you say, well, I've blown it, guess what? Get up, repent, make a difference with your life. Because God shows up in this brief moment of time to meet us. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do. God, help us to order our days. Help us follow you and number our days and find that true heart of wisdom that is Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to invite the prayer ministers up in just a moment. Or you can come now. Whatever you feel. Um, I was thinking about that verse that John was talking about, the one that says the Great Commission and then go and make disciples of all the world. And um, it is called the Great Co-Mission. Co-Mission. And I'm so glad that it's called that because uh, if it was just a solo mission, I would quit really, really soon. But I thank the Lord that it's not. That he's called us to be co-missioning with Jesus. The only reason that we have any mission is Jesus. The only reason that we can do a mission is with Jesus. Um, Some of you guys know, like four weeks ago, I lost my grandma. And she was everything to me in so many ways. She raised me. And um, the Lord called me here. And so I hadn't seen her all the time because I was in this space. And he was, as she was dying, he was still talking to me about this calling that he's placed in my life and her transition in relationship to that. And I was like, God, this is a lot. This is a lot as I process her actively dying right now. This is a lot. And um, I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to keep doing any of this stuff. And then I thought about that. That this is a co-mission. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Joel always says that the battle is for our pain and who gets the glory of our pain. And so earlier in worship, I thought, I had this thought that um, there are some missions that the Lord has put in people to do with them that pain would try to abort, pain would try to get rid of. Um, And I feel like the Lord is just fighting for that for people. That you might, uh, he he says that the enemy desires to sit to you as weak, but I've prayed for you and your faith would not fail. Um, so if you want some people to come and stand with you, that the pain might not do anything to kill what God is birthing in you, and that he'll stand with you through whatever you're walking through, 
um, then our prayer ministers will be here to pray for you in that. And we just want to stand with you. Um, yeah, so thank you for that, Lord. Bless these, your sheep, as they go forth and be with them. Thank you for that. <laughs>